arts news from around the area. Welcome to the Creative Cafe, sponsored by the Arts Council of Greater Kalamazoo, promoting and supporting the arts, arts organizations, and artists throughout Greater Kalamazoo on 590 and 106.9 FM WKZO. And once again, oh, welcome into this morning's edition of Creative Cafe. And again, uh, snowy, windy, 19, feels like four above on the outside. As we take a look at uh, an inside look at the art scene here in the Kalamazoo area. And of course, your host for Creative Cafe, Kristen Chesick. Good morning and welcome to Creative Cafe. I'm Kristen Chesick, the Executive Director of the Arts Council of Greater Kalamazoo. And I have the privilege this morning of being able to speak with Brad Wong who is the new director for the Fontana Chamber Arts here in town. Good morning, Brad. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Yes, thanks for coming on the show. We ask all of our guests, what is your favorite morning beverage? Um, I do start with a cup of coffee or two, but that was that's relatively recent. Uh, I became a full-time administrator you know, maybe 10 years ago, and I didn't start drinking coffee until then. Right, but, right. So, no, yeah. And that's actually completely understandable. <laughs> That those two went together. Okay. You were impor- uh, appointed in May of 2022 to the position he, uh, for Fontana Chamber Arts, although you were already well-known in our community through your work as the chair of the Department of Music at Western Michigan University. You retired from that in 2020. So what prompted you to go into teaching originally? Because I'm assuming you taught before you became the department chair there sure, at yeah, Western. Sure, yeah. I came to Western in 83 to teach clarinet. Okay. Um, I, I guess I knew as early as sixth grade that I wanted to go into music. And at that point, it was music education. Um, I did a double degree at University of Michigan. But it was actually my master's teacher, David Schifrin, who inspired me to go into college-level teaching and, and the more performance-oriented aspects of that. And ironically, David will be at, as part of here as part of Fontana's last concert, last concert. this season. Yes. Oh, good. Yes. That's great. Yeah. So, um, because you're, you are a performer in your own right, clarinet, and, but you haven't been performing since about 2015. Correct. When, when I, from my early days at, at the university, I, I was... I found that I was good at administrative details. I just have sort of that fussy, detailed mind, and I worked well with people. And I, I had been involved with many administrative projects. Um, I had never anticipated moving full-time towards administration, but that's that's the way my career went at Western. And um, it was a there was a nice transition that I was the graduate coordinator, which was half admin and half teaching, um, and then towards the end of that, um, the opportunity came up to become director of the School of Music. Um, again, not something I was really looking to do, but the opportunity was there, and I thought I could serve the school well. Sure. So I took that as a, as an option. And um, uh, at that point, I, I really had very little time to spend playing the clarinet. So... Um, I, I taught an occasional lesson, and I would play in the lessons, but uh, I don't consider that I perform professionally any longer. Gotcha, gotcha. But I, I, I truly believe that arts uh, artists make the best arts administrators. You understand what goes into the creation of yes. the art form yes. and can help, and the fact that you have a detail-oriented mind and are willing to jump onto that administrative side, kudos to you. 
It, it does take a special person to do that. It, it's both a blessing and a curse. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. And you were almost home free in 2020. You retired from <laughs> Western Michigan University. But then in May of 22, you took on this new role as director of Montana Chamber Arts. So um, what prompted you to do that? I was very happily retired, and I love my career at Western, but for a number of reasons, both personal and professional, taking the position at Fontana made so much sense to me. Um, first of all, I, I, I knew of Fontana back in the 80s before I came to uh, Kalamazoo. Uh, again, my teacher, David Schifrin, was one of the first clarinetists in what started out as the Fontana Chamber Society, mm -hmm. uh, started by Neil Saunders, who taught at Western. Um, and it, it, that essentially was a summer summer music festival. He just got chamber groups together and they they played. And um, again, since David was part of that, I, I was very interested in it. Um, a few years later, I ended up on the faculty at Western. At that point, Neil had retired, but I ended up playing quite a bit with Fontana. Mm -hmm. uh, so that was very special for me. Um, and then Fontana at some point merged with the Chamber Music Society of Kalamazoo, which was a, a chamber music presenter. Yes, um, I remember that. Mm -hmm. And when I was faculty, I, I would occasionally have conversations with, with them about guests bring, uh, coming in and helping with that. And when Fontana merged with them, it, it made perfect sense for both organizations. And um, I was thrilled. I continued to uh, play when Fontana was using local performers, and I continued to support um, the subscri subscription series. Uh, at some point, my wife Betsy became very involved with Fontana as, a, as an administrative director, and it was a really special job for her. Um, and um, when she was very close with, especially David Baldwin, the last mm -hmm. director, and in fact, when she passed, unfortunately, about five years ago, he never replaced that position. He just right. he closed up her office, and he wasn't going to replace her. Um, so when it when they asked me if I would take on the position. It just, one of the board members says it, it was a perfect labor of love for love for the medium of chamber music, love for the organization, including my wife's part in it, right. uh, and love for the community. Right. And so what are you looking to bring um, to Fontana Chamber Arts? This is, you know, this next chapter, the continued growth of the organization. Well, David came to Fontana with um, international connections in the music world that are really extraordinary. And he, mm -hmm. he elevated the series and the offerings. Um, and while I don't have those connections, I, I will continue to bring in world-class artists, both classical and jazz, so that our subscription series continues that tradition. Um, but for me, you know, like I say, I've, I've been a longtime resident of Kalamazoo and and this is home, and I want to get back to Fontana being an integral part of the arts education community. Mm -hmm. um, now, some of that hadn't happened because of the pandemic and because of staffing changes at Fontana. So um, I'm limited a little bit since it's it's really just me these days. And, um, <laughs> right. But there are lots of things that I would like to do to get back into the community, to give local musicians opportunities to perform and to create opportunities for young students to uh, benefit from some of the resources that Fontana can, can offer. Right. And so, and the, the, the 
organization performs. You have performances up at Dalton, Recital Hall, up on Western's campus, but then you also perform other places as well. Well, the, the we're fortunate that the Recital Hall at Dalton is is world class chamber music. It's mm-hmm. it's an amazing hall, and perfect for what we do. So um, I have tried as previous directors to to put all the as many of the performances at Dalton as we could, mm-hmm. uh, and I was able to do that for this season. Um, but we're also exploring in, for the future other other locations. Other locations yes. as well. Yeah. But having it at Dalton, the Dalton's and Recital Hall up there at, at Western gives those students an excellent opportunity, does it not? To, yes. To come in and to see world class performers yes. performing yeah. just yeah. right on campus. Yeah, and it's amazing. It's an amazing music school, and I um, I continue my connection with that, and I try and you know work directly with the faculty and the students to again offer them some of the things that Fontana can do. Right, right. We're going to take a little bit of a break here. When we return, we're going to continue our conversation with Brad Wong, the director of Fontana Chamber Arts. We'll be right back. Creative expression comes in all shapes, styles, and forms. The Arts Council of Greater Kalamazoo invites you to get involved in your local arts scene. Are you an artist, playwright, actor, musician, or photographer? Do you make your living providing creative connections for others? Or do you engage in artistic expression as a way to fulfill a need to express yourself and share your story? The Arts Council wants to hear from you. For as little as $20 a year, you can become a part of the larger community of your artistic peers exploring resources, collaborations, funding opportunities, and more. As a service organization, the Arts Council of Greater Kalamazoo has been proud to serve Kalamazoo since 1966. Please visit our website anytime at kalamazooarts.org. That's kalamazooarts.org. Or stop into our offices inside the Epic Center in downtown Kalamazoo. We can't wait to meet you. This message provided by the Arts Council of Greater Kalamazoo. You're listening to The Creative Cafe, sponsored by the Arts Council of Greater Kalamazoo on 590 and 106.9 FM, WKZO. And we're back. Uh, This is Kristen Chesick, the Executive Director of the Arts Council of Greater Kalamazoo, and we're on Creative Cafe. My guest this morning is Brad Wong, the Executive Director of the Fontana Chamber um, Arts organization. How long has uh, Fontana been in existence, Brad? Well, Neil Saunders started Fontana Chamber Music Society mm-hmm. in 1980, maybe even 1980. Okay. Um, I don't remember the exact year that they merged, maybe Fontana and Chamber Music Society. Was I think that it was the late 90s. 99, yeah. I think, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, so we've been part of the community for, for quite a while. Right. Um, and it's it's nice to have that chamber music element. I mean, Kalamazoo is so special because we have the Kalamazoo Symphony. We have so many arts groups, and so many of the genres are represented. And it's it's rare for a community our size to have such a presence in, in, in each of those disciplines. Sure, sure. And this year there are four concerts taking place for Fontana. Two have already taken place, and then you have two that are coming up. Can you talk about the two that we missed? Certainly. So on March 24th, Emmanuel Wilkins and his quartet will be um, performing, and mm-hmm. this is our jazz concert for the year. Um, Emmanuel sort of burst on the scene a couple of years ago, and in fact, his first album 
in 2020 was named the, the number one jazz album by the New York Times. Um, and I, when I took this position, uh, the jazz concert hadn't been scheduled and I was looking at a specific time in the calendar and um, I just heard that Emmanuel was starting on a Midwest tour. So I contacted the manager and called him at the very beginning of the tour and we were able to set something up. So oh, okay. I'm thrilled to be able to present him to this community. Right. So that's going to be next Friday, the 24th, is that concert. That's at Dalton Recital Hall. Yes. And you said concert. there's a little bit of an outreach happening the day before? Yes. Actually, we're, I wanted to take advantage of, of Emmanuel's background. He's, he actually started playing saxophone in his church when he was four or five. And for him, music is a religious experience. And he's a, um, the, his composition is really grounded in um, that culture and, and spirituality and, and just the church. And I thought he would be really wonderful to present to the community in that uh, perspective. So on Thursday, um, we're working with the Fox Gospel Center to do a presentation for their students and um, uh, the Douglas neighborhood, uh -huh. uh, just for him to talk and, and meet with. Hopefully, we'll, they'll have some students ready for to play for him. Uh, but I, I know he <laughs> he just loves to talk about the part that music has played in his life uh -huh. and in, in the neighborhood. So that's on the Thursday, the twenty third. We haven't confirmed everything yet, but the plan is five thirty to seven at uh -huh. the Fox Gospel Center. Uh, the Gospel yes. Center. And that's a open to yes. mm -hmm. whomever wants to yes. come. Yeah. And as we get more details uh, set, we'll, we'll certainly put things on, on our website. Sure, sure. And yeah. then Friday, 7.30, that performance will take place at the Dalton um, Center Recital Hall. Yes, but even before that, oh, okay. uh, because Emmanuel yeah. likes to stay busy. So oh, wow. at 2 o'clock, he will do a class for the Advanced Jazz Ensemble at Western, which is a really... Uh, top-notch group that has won downbeat awards mm -hmm. and um, I sent him a clip and he said oh I'd love to work with them so uh, and that that will be open so it will be in the recital hall 2 to 3 30 Emmanuel will work with the Western students the Western students mm -hmm. but you can come and watch yes. that mm -hmm. class take mm -hmm. place yep. and then at four o'clock they always do a sound check and we he agreed to make it open so hopefully there will be students that maybe from the Thursday session that have never been to a jazz concert or watched a professional jazz group mm -hmm. do a sound check and get ready for a performance. So that's another opportunity where they'll do an open sound check and at the end of it, there will be a chance for some Q&A with Emmanuel. So people who haven't had a chance to meet with them may have a chance to talk with him and some of his other musicians. So that will be 4 o'clock to maybe 5 or 5.30. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. For the sound yeah. check. Then we'll give them musicians a break, and yeah. concert will be at seven thirty. Yeah, I, you know, I've heard of pre-concert talks, and sometimes the the uh, the artist or the conductor will come out and talk about what you're about to to experience. But I have yet to hear an open mic check, an mm -hmm. open open sound check, and the ability to be able to see that process. And that must be um, not only for the students to be able to watch that process, but for the public as well to be able to see. Um, what happens. Yes, that, yeah. That's a pretty yes. amazing opportunity. Yeah, yeah. And, and sometimes we offer that for the classical concerts too. It's a it's certainly a different vibe if, if you do it as a sound check that's all acoustic 
mm -hmm. uh, or a sound check that involves a lot of amplification. But um, it's it's fascinating for both the advanced, the Western students, uh, but for younger students and community members who wonder, gee, what do you do you know, before a concert? How do you get all those levels set? Right, right. And then you have one more concert coming up after the Emmanuel Wilkins concert in April. What is that one about? That's the Chamber Music Society of Lincoln Center, uh -huh. uh, one of the premier chamber groups in the country. Um, they are active. They, they have their own series at Lincoln Center in New York, but there are always tour, touring components. And um, this, the program represents very much what Fontana was developed for, uh, mixed chamber music. Mm -hmm. So it will be six musicians, um, a clarinetist, David Schifrin, my, my former teacher, horn player, pianist, and strings. And they will do um, some of the most beloved works in the romantic repertoire. They call it the Brahms effect. So it, the first half is the Brahms clarinet trio, which is clarinet, cello, and piano and then the Brahms Horn Trio, which is horn, violin, and piano. And then they will end with a Dachnani sextet, which will feature all of them. Um, so again, the, these are the kinds of programs that Neil would set up when Fontana was a summer festival and he just brought in local players. This was very typical of that kind of concert. Sure, so. sure. And it sounds like uh, just listening to you talk about the programming and what you're bringing in, that you do try to bring a wide variety Sounds like you, you want to make sure that there's some jazz within the season, some classical within the season, and then you called it a mixed um, quartet, a mixed, what did you call uh, it? A mixed sextet. A mixed yes, sextet. Yes, yeah. So what, what do you mean by that? Well, in chamber music, um, probably the group that initially comes to mind would be a string quartet, mm -hmm. two violins, cello, uh, and a viola, uh, four very similar instruments. But... There are groups that we call mixed ensembles that might be, well, like the Brahms, the, the clarinet, mm -hmm. um, cello, and piano, or the addition of piano to a string quartet. Um, again, Fontana was sort of founded for um, the, the big pieces of Schubert octet, which is strings and winds. Mm. Um, so that was always a, a, a showpiece uh, on um, a lot of Fontana seasons. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, good. That's uh, you learn something every day on this program. At least I do. I'm sure there are many out there that are like, oh, yeah, that's exactly what happens. So I'm learning something new. Um, so you've got the Chamber Music Society Lincoln Center. They're coming in next month, April 28th. That will also be a Dalton yes. recital. Mm -hmm. And um, but you have other programming going on. You collaborate with other music groups in the community. We've already talked about the great collaboration and the great uh, outreach that you do with the students. Um, but another part of that is the Bravo competition. Can you talk about what the Bravo competition Certainly. is? Yes. Bravo was started many years ago by some local um, piano legends here, Phyllis Rappaport and Joe uh -huh. Christian. They wanted an opportunity for students to audition to be presented uh, in a fairly formal recital. Mm -hmm. um, so from that little grassroots organization, it continued to grow and it got to the point where Phyllis and Jill needed help administering it. So various arts 
organizations picked it up for there's a while that Kalamazoo Symphony ran it and then Fontana did for a couple of years. In fact, my wife was in charge of it for a couple of years and then Stolberg did it. Um, and then during the pandemic, pandemic, it hadn't happened for a while. And um, Barry and Jane Ross got together with a number of all the major arts players in, um, in Kalamazoo and said, boy, Bravo is really important. How do we get it back? And this was at a point that I had just started and I was looking for some really significant community outreach to do. And I said, well, why don't Fontana, we'll, we'll take it on mm -hmm. and we'll make it part of what we do. Um, so Corey Summers, who is the director of the Bach Festival, Bach Festival yeah. uh, is coordinating this for me um, because it's a big project. And I, I don't have time to spend a lot of time with it, so she's organizing all of it. Mm -hmm. I think applications are due, I think we're taking them up through Friday. And um, these applicants will then come and play for a panel of judges, mm -hmm. and they will get written comments, and then a number of them will be selected to be to perform in a recital that we'll do uh, at the Epic Center. At the right, Theater. right. So, and, so, and these are students. Yes. So uh, it's, what are the ages? Up through... Um, uh, senior in high school. Senior in high school. So, uh, and there's no younger limit. No, we decided that mm -hmm. if there's a seven-year-old who's yeah. a piano virtuoso or violin virtuoso, uh, then we'll let them audition. Okay. Uh, well, that is exciting as well. And again, another example of the great outreach and collaboration that Fontana does within the community. How do I get tickets for next Friday's um, concert? Tickets are uh, handled through community box office mm -hmm. at the Epic Center. Um, there's a link if you're at our website and you mm -hmm. look at the events and you want to buy tickets, there's a link that will take you to CBO and you can purchase them online uh, or you can call the box office. The, the hours are and phone numbers listed. Um, or you could stop at the Epic Center and, uh, and do it in person at the ticket window. Sure. And so the, and the other events surrounding uh, the concert will also be on your website as well for us to... Yes. To look at. Yes. Yeah. Great. Great. I've been speaking with Brad Wong, the new director of the of Fontana Chamber Arts, and uh, we've been talking about all the great work that Fontana does in our community, including the upcoming concert on Friday, March twenty fourth at seven thirty at the Dalton Recital Hall. That's the Emmanuel Wilkins his quartet. Quartet. Yes. All right. Thanks, Brad, so much. My pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for taking the time this morning to join us at the Creative Cafe. The arts are a vast subdivision of culture composed of many creative endeavors and disciplines. Art can include forms as diverse as prose writing, poetry, dance, acting or drama, film, music, sculpture, photography, illustration, architecture, collage, painting, craft and fashion. The Arts Council strives to support all these art forms and the creators that bring the art to us. But we can't do it alone. If you are a local business looking to deepen your connection to the community, consider an arts sponsorship. It creates visibility, improves your company's reputation, and generates traffic through your business both online and through sales. Sponsorships also help keep ticket prices down to allow for more access to arts events in our community. If you are looking to support your community and drive business to your business, contact the Arts Council at KalamazooArts.org and we'll help you find a sponsorship that's right for you. It's a win-win. Now you know.